0: Welcome to the Salvatrice Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel and the podcast. It is currently 1.39 p.m. East Coast time. It is currently December 3rd, and we're going to take our initial picks, you can say, our initial look, maybe a first look. It's been a little bit more than a first look for me at the Week 14 main slate for the nfl dfs world and community welcome back to the channel if you are new here My name is indeed Salvetri, and I do cover daily fantasy sports in the NFL, NBA, WNBA, and the MLB streets. I really do appreciate it. If you hit that subscribe button, about 50% of the viewership or so is not subscribed to the channel. A lot of that's just naturally going to be the case. Some people watch on different devices that doesn't register as a subscription, so whatever it might be. But if you do want to subscribe and you want to enter into a contest to try and incentivize more of you to subscribe to this content that is free, and and as an independent content creator, it helps me out a ton over here, either on the audio version, subscribing to the podcast over there, five-star rate and reviewing, or over here on YouTube subscribing and leaving a comment on this video, who do you think, and we've been doing it for basketball, who do you think is the best 6K play at wide receiver, running back? uh, who's the best point per dollar 6k play at wide receiver running back or even tight end one of those skilled positions for this week leave a comment down below later in the week on the friday final thoughts video i will pick a winner i'm going to accumulate it you can put your comments on the nba videos as well and we'll do a raffle for a 25 we've upped it from 20 to 25 just now who cares right why not more money the better 25 five dollar paypal giveaway just leave a twitter or a paypal or somewhere that i can contact the winner uh, for that so you leave down below your favorite 6k play for this week at a wide receiver, running back, tight end position. Let me know that in the comments. Leave a Twitter handle or a PayPal or something for me to comment uh, contact you. In the description below is my exclusive content over on Patreon. I urge you to check that out if you would like clicking the link in the description to view the Patreon content. There's a video of me explaining what it all is and some tier packages for different sports. And then you have my social medias at Salvatore DFS on Twitter. Check that out for sure. And then on Instagram, check that out for exclusive content leaks and freebies for just the Instagram following over there so once again hit the subscribe button if you do enjoy this content uh, be sure to make sure that you are subscribed it does help me out a ton and on the audio version how those ears doing let's get into this 13 game slate and that is right there are no bye weeks there's no thanksgiving this week a full fresh 13 game slate i believe like the last two weeks of the year there's some saturday slates so i think we actually only have this week and next week as the remaining full slates of 13 games so pretty exciting just more options overall a lot more from a content perspective to break down but uh, for the player a lot more options so Heading over into this is a target offense sheet. If you're new, you can screenshot it, whatever you would like. Heading over to my quarterbacks, so keep an eye, keep keep this in mind. It's early in the week, right? Uh, we're sitting here on Tuesday afternoon, so it's pre- a permanent preliminary look at what we're doing here in terms of research. High level research has been done, but breaking down deep into it will be the Friday final thoughts show and the Sunday closing thoughts show over on Patreon on Sundays mornings to end the week, and then on Fridays for YouTube, that's when I do most of my deep researches on today, Wednesday, and Thursday. So let's just take a look at these salaries. Let's see what stands out. An initial player pool that surely will change throughout the week but starting at quarterback look Lamar is going to be a guy I always like it doesn't matter the matchup he's faced San Fran he's faced New England the two best secondaries outside of his own secondary on Baltimore in my opinion in the league and he didn't even need to do it in the air last week he probably couldn't do it in the air based on the matchups for his wide receivers had barely over 100 yards and 75 percent of those yards were to his top two tight ends in Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews but he did it on the ground yet again, over 100 yards and a touchdown. The guy's averaging over 83 yards per game on the ground, around 12 rush attempts per game. Pretty similar to what his number one running back is doing in Mark Ingram, only around 13 and a half carries per game and in the 70s in yards per game. So Lamar's just matchup proof. You get a Buffalo defense that, again, has a stout secondary. Not stout, but a strong secondary, top 10 in the league, mainly due to Tradavius White. Propping that secondary up and Micah Hyde in the second unit uh, with the safeties has been strong this year, and that's where the secondary, the best players in it are. But Lamar doesn't matter on the ground, he's been fantastic. It's not just these three yard runs, and oh, maybe this is a week Lamar only has 30 rushing yards. No, the guy's running 12 times per game, and he's literally making QB spies miss on Jukes non stop. There's nobody who can get this guy maybe next year with more film, but for right now, he's on another level. 7,400, a five and a half point favorite, nice 24.25 team implied total. I think it's fine. Matt Ryan priced up to 6,600. We saw him in this matchup a couple weeks back, and it was just a weird game where Atlanta just destroyed Carolina. They ended up getting a pass rush out of the bye week or two weeks removed from the bye week after the Saints game. This was three weeks ago in this matchup. You did have James Bradbury somewhat shut down Julio. Julio was in like the 95 to 100-yard range, and then you had Calvin Ridley just absolutely tear up Dante Jackson. Not sure if that happens again. You now have Ridley priced up. You have Gage priced up. You have Julio priced around the same price that he was, but you might get Austin Hooper back. So Austin Hooper is expected to practice this week and potentially will return, that's a big addition. He's at a reasonable price point in the 6K range. And then, yeah, you could fit... Um, Matt Ryan for a decent price point of sixty six hundred. He's going to throw around forty times a game. He is averaging a two hundred and ninety three point four yards per game. Three point favorite here with a nice twenty five point two five. I do like Matt Ryan. He just always has clear options. Devonta Freeman this week is a nice cheap value. Austin Hooper at tight end is always fine if he does suit up. And then you have those three wide receivers. Preferably this week for me, it would be Ridley probably, and then Julio. But even Russell Gage in the slot provides some upside. Just a price point coming up now, not nearly as much as when he was in the three K range. Jameis Winston. I have early week interest in Jameis, yet last week was one of the weirdest weeks you'll ever see where he had two defensive scores, two rushing touchdowns, and it's just an odd week that Jameis just doesn't need to throw a touchdown, double move on Mike Evans wide open, Evans ends up getting pass interfered with, so it doesn't really count, but just a weird week overall, so there's $6,400 here, 25.25 team implied, three-point favorite, I like it, but here's the issue. You have these two wide receivers in Mike Evans, and Goblin's still expensive, both in the 7k range. I do prefer Goblin this week. Indy, you can attack short in the middle of the field. You have O.J. Howard, who only ran 24 routes last week, but ended up seeing six targets, caught five of them for a nice game. But he's 6,400 against a defense that doesn't allow a lot of big plays. Now, the team implied total says there should be points here in a relatively nice paced game, and he has clear passing options in terms of stacking. So Jameis is of interest to me early in the week, especially with right now, a top three uh, pass attempts per game on the slate at 39.5 308.3 yards per game is second highest in the slate only behind Patrick Mahomes this season so surely upside there it's just a matter of stacking it it gets a little bit tricky with his pass catching options and then Baker Mayfield right now seems like it, it maybe goes under the radar because of the 40.5 team implied total eight and a half point favorites but a nice matchup versus Cincy their side of this game has a 24.5 team implied total for Cincy a brutal loss last week against Pittsburgh they were in the legitimate chance to make the playoffs with the remaining schedule they have two matchups against yeah. Cincinnati but end up losing to Pittsburgh last week, and Duck Hodges must be brutal for them. But you have Baker at a cheap price point. You potentially get David Joku back as a stacking option in the 3K range at tight end. That makes for some sense. You have Landry and Odell, both in the mid to low 6K range. Lots of things stand out here to make sense. Lots of options if you make a big group with Baker. Yeah, at 6,300, I do have interest in Baker this week. The team total is fine, 24.5, but people are going to see the overall game total of 40.5 being the lowest in the slate and say, I can't play Baker in that low of a, team, a game total, but most of that is getting propped down from Cincinnati this Uh, this week having a let me pull up their team total i believe it's a 16 implied team total this week for cincinnati yeah right now 16 the lowest in the slate um tied with denver for 16 implied team total so uh, the baker side of that is actually a beneficial spot in my opinion so my maybes so those are my four yeses a couple other guys that i'll probably have interest in throughout the week this is no ranking order, just early week interest. Uh, it's primary options, secondary options, and then guys that I just don't have much interest in right now. Aaron Rodgers at 6,800, huge favorite. This might be a game where Jamal Williams and preferably and probably more so Aaron Jones see big games, but Rodgers is still going to throw 30 times a game against a really weak Washington defense in general. 27.75 team implied total, second highest on the slate right behind Minnesota. I think he's, he's fine here. I'm actually going to make Kirk Cousins a no. Um, Here's the thing with Kirk Cousins, thirteen and a half a half favorite. If you have, well, we'll leave him as a maybe. If you have Dalvin Cook not playing, early indications are that Cook says he will play. But again, you get sore. The week goes on. You actually have to practice and see how that goes. If he doesn't play, um, well then yeah, it could be a spot where Alexander Madison is obviously a smash play, but the total might drop a little bit. Either way, Kirk Cousins lines up against Detroit to only throw the ball maybe 30 times. He's averaging just 29.1 pass attempts per game. A lot of that skewed by week one, where he threw like 10 times. But either way, he'd be averaging like 32. So in a game where they're 13.5-point favorites against a third-string quarterback for Detroit with Drift Skull now on IR. Stafford still not playing. as like cop car or some fire truck starts to come by here. Um, But either way, we'll power through that. Kirk Cousins at 6,700. Seems a little bit steep. The highest team total on the slate, though, at 28. Is at least worth mentioning. 13 and a half point total. The guy might only have to throw twenty four times here. Should we'll see with Adam Thielen's statuses that makes him a little bit more enticing. Sixty seven hundred if he's not getting owned and that stack's not getting owned. I do like getting to maybe some Adam Thielen and another pass catcher, but now nowhere near a priority. Uh, Deshaun Watson versus Denver. Denver's been very good overall in the secondary. Chris Harris has been fantastic. Deshaun Watson's a nine and a half point favorite here. It's just Watson's skill set. I will take the DeAndre Hopkins in GPPs against Chris Harris Jr. Harris Jr. has been good. We saw Odell Beckham have a fine day against Chris Harris Jr. And I imagine that nobody in this entire league can really shut down DeAndre Hopkins. He had five catches for 64 yards against Stefan Gilmore. And that is the definition of shutting down DeAndre Hopkins. And that's the best cornerback in the league. Chris Harris Jr. is easily a tier, maybe two tiers, below Stephon Gilmore's skill set, in my opinion. So I think that's a fine option, but again, a secondary option. Jacoby Brissett against Tampa is interesting. It doesn't seem like T.Y. Hilton suits up, so much less interest there. Your main options are like Zach Pascal, Marcus Johnson, and Jack Doyle as stacking options, and Doyle and Zach Pascal probably make the most sense there, but it's just not a spot at 6,100. Already priced up for the matchup that his stacking options make a lot of sense to me. A 22.25 team implied total. Even Vegas doesn't think there's much upside there for Brissett. Tom Brady in a nice game here against Kansas City. They're three-point favorites, 25.75 team implied total. Uh, the right now highest total on the entire slate versus kansas city look brady has some clear options the offenses look bad but edelman's still been playing strong james white we saw him get in the receiving game two touchdowns last week on the showdown slate sort of wasted there in terms of his main slate upside brady's not a great option again a secondary option here but a nice team implied total gonna have to throw the ball in KC secondary although improved this year still nowhere near uh, top half of the league in terms of skill sets and overall production Sam Darnold, Phillip Rivers, and Patty Mahomes will round out my interest. I'll put Patrick Mahomes as a maybe. Seven camp, might not get there as much. Team total, not that great. Tough matchup overall. I don't think Kansas City's offense with Andy Reid will get shut down by the Patriots. We've seen this in previous years when the Patriots have been good. Nowhere near as good as this on defense. But Patrick Mahomes comes in and just lights them up that's the game of the week i think that game in general as a team stack is interesting hopefully mahomes ownership comes down you have still a price up tyree kill harder to get to sammy Watkins still still fine price point and then you have a very cheap this week thousand dollars cheaper than last week travis kelsey donald against miami yeah jameson crowder is cheaper now so he's he's fine to me back in the 5k range i still like bell um so that's grouping options i don't know how much i like bell stack with sam donald he's just expensive at 6k i get it that tournaments have literally been won with miami like back-to-back weeks now with the eagles And with the Browns, so it's at least worth looking at. Anderson, two straight weeks of 85-plus yards, Robbie on the outside. But Robbie Anderson is also a guy that relies on little volume and big plays. If anything, you get that against Miami, though. We saw uh, left and right last week, Alshon Jeffrey, 15-plus or whatever. He had like 19 targets in the game. I don't know if it was that high. It was something insane. 16 targets. He had a great game. Uh, So that's a different type of player, but still should be the guy like a Crowder or Robbie Anderson that sees some sort of volume like that. And the thing is, they're only five and a half point favorites here. So it's not like you're just going to see this turn into a spot where Darnold only throws 30 times. Darnold on the year is averaging 33 pass attempts per game. I think you see a spike here to the 35 plus range. Phillip Rivers is the only guy below 6K I actually like this week. DraftKings just has the pricing right. Like, all the guys below 6K. I know you have Drew Brees against San Fran. I don't really want that. Um, Below 6K is Devlin Hodges, Kyler Murray against Pitt, Ryan Tannehill, Kyle Allen, who's looked really bad as of late when seeing any sort of pressure. Just guys that I don't want. A bunch of backups. Drew Locke, second career start. Gardner Minshew probably going to start as Nick Foles was benched. Not much there, in my opinion. It just screams out, I really want to get to that. Uh, Rivers at 5,600, the only real interest I have in him, and I probably have more in the Chargers running game, but you do have Keenan Allen fully healthy now, Hunter Henry. Those are just the two primary stacking options, in my opinion. And then you have so many other weapons with Mike Williams, Austin Eckler out of the backfield, a receiving target. 5,600 seems a little bit cheap against a secondary that, outside of A.J. Boye, who has been okay so far this season, right around average to slightly above average, there's really not much in this defense in anything, the run stop or the passing game. So Rivers at 5,600, decent implied total is a 3.5 favorite i think that's okay at that price point moving over to running back we don't have much value i'll say that um really at most of these positions you have to kind of build bounce right now but mccaffrey if you can find him or get to him and any value opens up maybe dalvin cook doesn't play and it opens up the chalk play of the year in alexander madison right there with jalen samuels a couple weeks back probably would happen but McCaffrey at ten thousand three hundred, it's a fine spot. Look, a couple weeks back, the team only scores three points against Atlanta. He still goes for thirty plus on twenty five touches, fifteen targets, over hundred receiving yards. He's just he's matchup proof, and the price points coming down. If you can get to McCaffrey, I think he's solid. Seventeen points last week was a, a little over seventeen, was a floor game for the guy. Ends up still in like the Millie maker winning lineup because. He's just like, he's going to produce. You can have a guy score 20 points for you and still be in the million-maker winning lineup. And now the price point is coming down. And again, there's no value. So if you get him in there somehow and you find that one 4K play who ends up doing well for you or the punt tight end like Higby last week or Jack Doyle last week that does well for you, well, McCaffrey, even if he doesn't have a great day, he's still, his floor is just higher than most players on the slate's medians or ceilings. Like McCaffrey scoring 24 this week, with no value on the slate and you forcing in guys in the 6k range at running back who score 14 it's obviously a huge advantage to have McCaffrey if anything of your value hits so yeah, McCaffrey against Atlanta I think it's completely fine three-point underdog you probably see a big receiving game out of him here Dalvin Cook if healthy big if we'll see later in the week on the final thoughts 13.5 13 and a half point favorite versus Detroit. You got to love it. Highest implied team total. You got to love it. Detroit on the year, if you look at them, they look like a really bad defense on the ground. And they have been, but much improved over the last three weeks since you've gotten back now. Mike Daniels and that defensive line getting healthier. So it's not as good of a matchup as this would have been, say, One month ago, or even six weeks ago, when Detroit was just getting gashed on the ground. Snacks Harrison is healthy, Mike Daniels is healthy, and other guys in that defensive line have come back stronger. So I do prefer McCaffrey if you are paying up for $800 more. If you land on Dalvin Cook, it's completely fine if you can't get all the way up to McCaffrey. I just think it's a little bit tougher of a matchup than people expect it to be. That said, they're still 13.5-point favorites, and it's still Dalvin Cook. Right now, the second-best pro football-focused graded running back behind Christian McCaffrey. going to take a gulp of water. Man, taking global water on the podcast. I don't know the etiquette of that, but I've been just, just been so thirsty. I just went on a run. Anyways, nobody cares. Next up, the 7k range. I like both Le'Veon Bell and Kamara. Bell went for over 120 total yards against Miami. He has not seen much production in the last couple of weeks. Obviously, they get down two scores, three scores most of the game last week against the Bengals, so he's just not used as much. He had like 12 touches. Week before that, he he got pulled in the fourth quarter because of the big blowout, so he only saw 17 touches. I imagine if that game stays close, he would have seen another 20+. plus. So I think he's been on pace every game that stays neutral and isn't a blowout, which you rarely will see. He's just been very unlucky the last two weeks to see around 20-plus touches. So that's what he saw before that for three straight weeks. He saw 20-plus touches. Gets a really nice matchup against Miami, 5.5-point favorite. It's a spot that I like getting to here. He's going to stay on the field as long as this game stays close. And even then he's game flow independent, but they've just been a little bit reluctant to check down to him the last couple of weeks. I don't know how much to actually chalk that up to more being a small sample because you saw his receptions and, and targets come up the three weeks before that. Kamara, $7,000 cheapest price point on the season right now, hasn't scored a touchdown in any game except week three against Seattle, and he scored two in that game. Look, that's the big reason why he's cheaper. Uh, The touchdown upside isn't there. Tough matchup against San Fran without a doubt, but San Fran all year long has been stopping pass-catching running backs. You're just betting on talent here. If Kamara's going to come in 20 plus percent owned, I'll go away from it in a tough matchup where he hasn't been as productive. But if I'm going to project Kamara for 16 or 17 touches, probably closer to 16, and he's not owned at the cheapest price point he's been in years, um, really since his breakout a couple years back, then yeah, I'm going to get to Kamara at $7,000. He's an interest of mine. Devonta freeman at 5400 seems to be right now the best value play on the slate and that's scary three-point favorite 25.25 team implied total but only averaging around 12 and a half carries per game around 24 routes run per game which that's good but you're pretty much paying 5400 for a really good matchup that's the biggest part as a favorite here so that's okay, but the issue is he just hasn't been productive. And it's, it's partially his fault, injuries things like that, not being efficient. But it's also this offensive line. The run blocking scheme has been atrocious. Like, Brian Hill is not good, but he couldn't get anything on the ground. He was just running into people's backs. Similar things probably happened for Devonta Freeman here. You're just banking on the matchup against Carolina and the fact that there's no other value. I do like him this week, but I want to look more into it as the week goes on. This game does at least project out for Freeman as the fastest pace game on the slate for him and McCaffrey that offers some upside, potentially an extra two touches in the game maybe if there's another possession in this one. My last interest early in the week, more of a GPP play. Aaron Jones against Washington. Look, 13 point favorites. Last week, he just, he he hit the nut low. He had a touchdown called back. He was tackled on the one yard line twice. He had one reception for about 15 yards called back. He was stripped of like on average in that game, somewhere around like eight fantasy points. So I'm fine getting to Aaron Jones as a 13 point favorite with his team having the second highest total on the slate at 27.75. He's been so efficient. I mean, 61% success rate is the best on this slate right now Uh, he's been an incredible back when he's touching the ball. 1.175 fantasy points per touch is one of the top numbers on this slate it's just a matter of and a lot of that's obviously skewed up by his touchdowns being high this year but he's getting a lot of red zone work again last week he had about five red zone touches about three gold line touches it's a spot that i like getting to aaron jones here at 6700 in tournaments and hopefully he remains low because he's been burning people and really not paying off this price tag he probably is overpriced just in general for his recent production for this matchup i would argue he's not and then just for his potential upside of we've already seen it multiple times this year 30 plus point upside even if it's just 20 plus point upside at this price point and no ownership i would like it we'll see where ownership comes in later in the week Secondary options, Nick Chubb at eight thousand and Derrick Henry at eighty two hundred. Both of these guys honestly grayed out very similar for me. Like Nick Chubb, we've seen it. Now Courtney Hunt's still involved in the passing game, although Chubb two weeks ago looked fine. Out actually outproduced Chubb in the or Hunt in the receiving game. But we've seen Kareem Hunt getting more work. I don't think it's anything of last week, like what, they were five-touch um, difference, only five more touches for Chubb last week. I think that was just the nature of the game flow in that one. I'm not too concerned about it. I think Chubb in this game probably still goes back to his 20 carries to Hunt's like eight, and then the Hunt will take over in the receiving game a little bit more. But that is worrisome because it pretty much makes Chubb very similar to Derrick Henry, who's producing better than him. So for right now, I'm actually going to make chubb a no but he is like right there as a secondary interest henry's been producing fantastic the last three weeks but chubb and henry for me right now are guys that i have to look through a little bit more as the week goes on who do you prefer maybe that's another comment question do you prefer Nick Chubb or Derrick Henry this week? They just honestly grade out very similar. I think Chubb obviously still has more passing upside. He can catch two or three balls, where Henry more, Henry more times than not probably catches one. It's just very interesting because they are the same price. I think the matchup for both of them is very good. I think you might see Chubb having slightly better matchup, but is there an issue for his workload? Let me know what you think in the comments. Leonard Fournette, 7,800. Nothing really stands out. Chargers defense getting healthier here. You're going to get Fournette so far this season, averaging right around 25 opportunities per game. You'll probably still get that. Last week just like looked like an absolute monster in the receiving game. I'm fine getting to Leonard Fournette at 7,800. I prefer him over Henry and Chubb some 5k options singletary at 5700 is interesting it's going to be a slow game you have baltimore who's around middle of the pack in uh, run defense ranking but the issue here is they're not going to be able to throw on baltimore so okay you probably run through singletary and frank or a lot but then baltimore probably knows that so they can stop you a little bit easier because they are not scared of any of your robert foster or isaiah mckenzie weapons on the outside so Singletary is somebody I have to work through. Right now, I lean to him as a secondary option. Sonny Michel and James White against KC. Really good matchup for both of these guys. Sony Michel, though, priced all the way up to 5600 I think he's in play just due to the matchup. Three-point favorite here. But really, really tough to want to prioritize a guy who might see 12 carries in this game and not be involved in the passing game. He leans more of a no to me than a yes. James White. 5,500, coming off of that big game last week. Always in play as a tournament option. In the 5K range, I'll still be able to get to it some. Philip Lindsay, three straight weeks of out-touching Royce Freeman by at least 2X. Just last week, he was out-snapped, mainly because Royce Freeman was used probably as a pass protector, as Dave Loffey pointed out on the Awesome Show earlier today. You can check him out on Twitter, I believe, at Loffy underscore D. And then... $5,300 though for Lindsey is a fine price point. Uh, it has come up $300 since last week. I think you're going to re- continue to see like 15 touches as a minimum, probably closer to 16, 17 in most weeks. The problem is a 16 implied team total, nine and a half point underdog. Your quarterback is Drew Locke, who seemed fine last week, but still not going to, as Vegas su- su- suggests here, put you in many scoring chances. So Lindsay just a secondary option on this slate with little value. You have Jamal Williams at 4,800, seems okay, probably sees 15 touches or closer to that as a big favorite against Washington. You have Bo Scarborough, I'm not thrilled with it, we just saw Chris Carson go for over 100 yards against Minnesota's run defense, they're still pretty solid, but you're at this point in the slate where Scarborough probably sees 16 touches, not much in the receiving game with McKissick and Ty Johnson there, he's 4,500, if he garners any ownership I don't like him, if he doesn't, well then hopefully you get the 80 yard and a touchdown or two day, Uh, but he's just the only value that really stands out outside of Patrick Lard. Or Layard Patrick Layard at forty one hundred dollars. Look, there's no probably probably no Kalen Balaji. We have to track it. Seemed like a season ending injury. He saw sixty percent snaps last week. Got in the end zone. He's a pass catcher. He's forty one hundred. It's a brutal matchup on the ground for a five and a half point underdog. I really think he probably sees ten to twelve carries and only gets you like thirty yards on the ground. You're banking on maybe a score, but you're banking on like four or five receptions for this guy who has been sure handed and limited run this season that's about it though running back doesn't really scream anything out let's keep going on here if you see any other value that i'm not seeing actually i think melvin gordon is in play i'll put melvin gordon as an x against a weak jacksonville run defense 6400 i do like him saw over 20 touches last week wide receiver it's early in the week there's gonna be a lot of these guys um i mean a lot so i'll try and focus on the spots that i'm gonna stack and then some one-offs that i think i take a stance on you can look at the sheet here for all of them. Devontae Adams at 8K, just still a great matchup. Whoever's out there, if it's Josh Norman, he gets benched, it's Quinn and Dunbar. It's a great spot for the second, implied, second highest team total. The concern is, well, Rodgers might only throw 28 times in a blowout. Even if he throws 28 times, Adams is still seeing probably eight targets. So there's upside there without a doubt. Hopkins against Chris Harris in Denver. Denver secondary has been great, but Hopkins is priced down for this matchup at 7,400, and it doesn't matter the matchup for Hopkins. He's still right there with Adams, the two top guys on this list for me, not because of a ranking, just the way that it got sorted. He's still one of the best red zone targets in the entire league. I think that Adams, I think that Hopkins are fine options this week. I like Edelman at 7,100, going to have a superior matchup in the slot. I might, I might like him the most out of all these guys already mentioned. He might be my favorite pay-up option on the slate at wide receiver. He's just locked into this 10-target role, 10.2 targets a week. He's locked into like an 80-plus yard day receiving. His snaps are up there at 90%. He's the favorite target He's leading of Tom Brady. He's leading the league in red zone targets, and now he gets a nice matchup against Fuller in the slot against a team that does not have the greatest of pass rushes in KC. Yeah, give me Julian Edelman at 7,100. Might be my favorite wide receiver play above 700 this week. I think he actually is. Adam Thielen, issue here is if they get up big and you see Kirk Cousins start 24 times, he might only have like six or seven targets, but he is averaging so far this season 5.1 targets per game. That includes a game he got hurt. It's closer to six. So that's the worry, just volume. If he does return, also obviously mounting in his health. 6,700 for a guy who will get moved into the slot to avoid Darius Slay. I think it's a nice spot. Justin Coleman in the slot for Detroit has given up a ton of production, uh, top five in yards allowed and top two in touchdowns allowed this season. Keenan Allen against Jacksonville. I do like that price. Jarvis Landry and Odell, both Cleveland receivers. 6,500 for Jarvis. 6,300 for Odell. Look, he's been terrible. He's gone the longest stretch in his career without a 100-yard game. 29 yards last week. Not great, but I do like Baker and I like stacking this team. Cincinnati's secondary, although better as of late, last two or three games. I think it's a small sample. It's still some poor talent back there. You have Landry and Odell both averaging 8.8 targets per game. I, I'm fine taking a shot on that. You have Keenan Allen averaging 9.8 targets per game after the hot start, still averaging close to pretty much 10 targets per game. I like that a lot. If I had to rank these interests, and lastly, actually, my final yes is Jameson Crowder at 5,300. Once again, not a lot of value. No three or 4K yeses. The cheapest yes for me at wide receiver is $5,300 Crowder. So you're working with very little value so far in this slate. Crowder's just come down a lot in price, gets a nice slot matchup against Miami. I imagine you see Crowder somewhere around his average seven targets per game, if not more around the eight or nines range, and that's just too good to pass up in this matchup. I would rank my interest right now as one Julian Edelman, two Keenan Allen, three Jarvis Landry, four Odell, five Jamison Crowder as like a top five interest, and then Hopkins, Adams after that, and then Keenan Allen, depending on health, falls in there secondary interest man it's a long list we're not going to go through the whole thing we'll save that for the final thoughts show secondary interest here dj moore nice matchup of course but the issue here is he's all the way up to 7k now and if you see any pressure for uh, for kyle allen in this game he could just fold and turn into a potato but you're having so many targets now up to 10 targets per game for dj moore 11.8 over the last month of the season for more and a decent matchup oliver isaiah oliver has been much better over the last six weeks But still a fine matchup for more. I do think Michael Thomas is in play. Brutal matchup. Probably don't prioritize it against San Fran's secondary. But the types of passes that Drew Brees throws to Michael Thomas keeps him viable. Just at that price tag, it really does hurt the ceiling on him. Uh, Julio Jones against um, Bradbury. Keep an eye on the status. I have no issues playing Julio in stacks with Miami. Chris Goblin and Evans. I prefer Goblin this week against the Colts. They allow a lot in the middle of the field and short for two straight years now and they limit big play upside Evans on the outside and man-to-man coverage will be fantastic if it was a lot of man-to-man coverage in this matchup unfortunately it's going to be a lot of zone coverage against guys like Yassin and then it just bails them out because it's a it's very strict and, and dominating zone in my opinion Devante Parker priced all the way up to 6900 in another smash spot matchup where he's been seeing tons of targets he'll probably see 10 more targets and produce he's been fantastic now a top 20 wide receiver on the year according to fantasy pros calvin ridley priced up to 6700 against dante jackson not really in love with that um it is a steep price point for a number two wide receiver but again he will not have to face bradbury if julio is in and probably face no double teams he toasted three weeks ago dante jackson he's at least in play then a bunch of pittsburgh receivers tyler boyd against cleveland's price comes up but i think Andy dalton's overall volume and at least efficiency compared to ryan finley keeps that price point of 5900 and Auden Tate's price point of 4000 in play also another big thing to point out john ross is available this week at 4400 john ross was playing very well if you remember before he got injured this year a couple of fluky long deep touchdowns to start the year against seattle in their first few matchups for cincinnati but if he does indeed play that should hurt in theory Tate on the outside You'll probably have three wide receiver sets of Audentate, John Ross, and Tyler Boyd on the inside, but it just takes away a little bit more volume and necessity to go to Audentate and the red zone, his role will be fine, but in terms of going downfield, more targets to go towards John Ross probably hurts Tyler Boyd a tiny bit, but not a ton. He'll probably stay more independent and mutually exclusive from that. As opposed to Auden Tate, Curtis Samuel forty nine hundred. He's just too cheap, but I lean not to get here because he's a boomer bus player. He'll see like six targets a week, and he'll see most of them downfield. And if he doesn't score a touchdown, he's useless for you. He does draw a matchup against Desmond Trufant, which Trufant's been better as of late, but still a fine matchup for Samuel. Just not a priority for me. Pascal, I do not believe T. Y. Hilton plays at fifty five hundred against Tampa Bay. Stands out as a very nice play this week. Jacoby Brissett's main target. He went over a hundred yards last week, or I think right at a hundred yards. Corey Davis at thirty nine hundred is the only thing I have interest in in the three K range. So. Not much value overall. Davis at 3,900, played 68% of the snaps last week. Just seems way too cheap. Philip Dorsett I think, in play against Kansas City. Russell Gage at 48. Price point is now coming up to a point where I don't really want to get there, but if you're stacking, i put him still in groups. D.D. Westbrook at 52 in the slot against Desmond King against the Chargers. is a fine matchup for D.D. Yeah, so not a ton of value. If you you keep looking through this, like Jameson Crowder at 53 seems like nice value. DraftKings seems to have, on a 13-game slate even, priced everybody to a good spot, depending on what injury news looks like. The only spot where value kind of gets a little bit better, but only on one end of it is tight end. The top end tight ends, they're not there anymore. Highest price guy, Travis Kelsey at 6,200. Instead of him being 7,200 is awfully nice. But now all these cheap 3K tight ends are priced up. Most of them at least, right? Vance McDonald preemptively priced to 4,300 against Arizona. Jack Doyle at 4,600 priced up as he probably should be, but now all the way up to 4,600. So these guys are no longer dirt cheap like you can get them at. Kyle Rudolph, 44. Jared Cook still in the 4K range. Ryan Griffin still in the 4K range, right? The 3K plays are no longer there that you've been gravitating towards, but I think it's fine. My three favorite guys are Kelsey, Hooper, and Henry. In the order, I probably like Henry, Hooper if he's healthy, and Kelsey, but they're all top options for me. I might have as of right now. The week will go on, but 20% or more right around there of each of those guys. And then secondary options, George Kittle in a slow paced game. He's still fine, of course, against New Orleans secondary. 5,900, I like him. Darren Waller against Tennessee comes in as my fifth favorite option at 5,800. All these guys are just so close in price that it doesn't really matter what the price is outside of maybe Henry, who's cheaper at 5,100. And just matters what your projections are on them and your interests. Jack Doyle at forty six still a good matchup against Tampa. If there's no Ty, will be the second option, if not the first, right there with Pascal in the receiving game. But he's still priced up to a spot where he's no longer anywhere near as valuable as he was at thirty three hundred. Vance McDonald is cheap or cheap, still cheap, but price is coming up at forty three hundred, and he's pretty much priced for the matchup against Arizona. Does he score a touchdown? I do not know honestly based on regression he's due for a touchdown so it might as well happen against the cardinals who just keep leaking points to the position 21.4 fantasy points per game tampa bay though against jack doyle also giving a ton of points i still prefer jack doyle to vance mcdonald but neither of them are priorities this week a couple guys to keep an eye on oj howard at 3200 he did run 24 routes last week which isn't great he ended up just having a nice day on them so he's not a priority david Njoku, watch his status see if he returns and then uh, logan thomas because you have tj hawkinson on an ir at 2600 but a big name here Ian Thomas, I'm going to do this right now. He said, maybe I'll make him a yes. Greg Olson left the game with a concussion. If Greg Olson does not play $2,500 Ian Thomas is hard to pass up he played well in his place last year another year of experience Ian Thomas ran 28 routes last week when Greg Olson went down and he was running all of the Greg Olson routes Olson has ran top five routes over the last six weeks of the season so if you do get Greg Olson continuing or out and you get Ian Thomas like he did last week to continue to see those Greg Olson routes it's going to be a lot of them and if anything he might even be better than Greg Olson at this point not experience wise but in terms of just more athletic and quicker as a younger player so good matchup against Atlanta $2,500 Ian Thomas if no Greg Olson at the minimum price point might have to be somebody seriously considered this week so that's it I'll put I'll put it back to the target offense sheet hopefully this early look at the week 13 slate helps you let me know if it did um, let me know linked up down below in the comments or not linked up but just let me know in the comments did this early week help you trying to take a different approach just kind of go through the guys that stand out nothing full yet right it's only Tuesday we still need all the injury news Friday morning I'll be back with the final thoughts video Again, if you want to enter the contest, best 6K player, position player on the slate, leave your Twitter or PayPal link down below. You have to be, or comment down below or on the audio version. You have to be a subscriber to enter on the audio version or on YouTube. I, I can check that by just clicking on your name to see if you're subscribed before entering or awarding the winner. So. Be sure to do that. Subscribe button before you leave. Follow me on Twitter at SalVetriDFS. Instagram at SalVetri. Thank you so much for tuning in in on this one. Really enjoy it. Week 14 is off and running. Let's get into it, gang. Best of luck today if you're playing NBA, whatever it might be. And I'll talk to you later in the week. Y'all rock. Peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you can please subscribe. Helps me out. Helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.